Welcome to Fuck the World Podcast with your hosts, Al and Bill. How you doing, Al? I'm pretty sure you're supposed to say your own name first, but whatever. I'm doing, <laughs> I, I'm doing really good. Aside I, already, from I told you I can't do this. I can't do these intros. Um, Aside from nitpicking your intro, I'm ecstatic. Yeah. How can you not be after that, after that win? I mean, how exciting is that? Uh, it was the highlight of my week, but it's only Monday, so. <laughs> Let's just undercut all of the excitement that we have. Man, can we just say that this team is very special? Um, that they, there were so many times in this game that I was getting incredibly frustrated, but all it took was a bench mob uh, featuring George Hill as the MVP. Um, to basically take the game away from the Celtics when it was incredibly close and frustrating. Um, he was, I'll just go straight to George Hill. He was absolutely incredible tonight. So I think the apart best... from that miss, apart from that miss layup, George, that was pretty bad. It's pretty bad. Miss layup, dude. That was very easy. That's bad. I but think, anyways, I think the best way to state George Hill's impact is comparing it to Andre Iguodala when he won Finals MVP. Um, uh, ugh, don't get me all excited like that. Um, he's guarding the best player on the other team for a lot of his minutes. You know, he's not starting, but like he's taking a large chunk of the minutes. Even when he shares the court with Blood, so now he's taking a lot of the minutes on Kyrie. He's scoring effectively, and like. The reason that he would win MVP over Giannis, even though he wouldn't, and Curry should have won it over Iguodala, but that's a different thing, um, yeah. is that Hill's doing stuff that you don't expect him to do. Giannis is doing what we expect him to do. Like, tonight was sublime Giannis. Like, 39, 15, like, that's that's special. But, like... 68% true shooting. <laughs> yeah, he, he was an insane percent from the field until he... No, I think he, yeah, he finished a little bit worse than he was, but at one point he was like nine for 13 or something like that. He was shooting, I mean, he still finished with like 60%, but it, it wasn't game one where he was terrible. So, yeah. Like. <laughs> yeah. So, but let's stick with George Hill for a second here. George Hill has been so good doing everything. He's uh, playing great defense. He's distributing well. He's driving well. He's finishing at the rim. He looks explosive at times. And he's knocking down open threes when he gets the chance. I mean, he's not like a prolific shooter by any means, but he's been pretty effective. Yeah, I mean, uh, what is what are his three-point shooting percentages in the playoffs so far? Because, I mean, he was terrible in the regular season, well below career averages for him. So I don't even know what they are. Uh, just give me one second. Um, yeah, let's, let's let's start with our first uh, dead air. Yeah, but, our dead air stat check. But um, I mean, him him being able to, you know, that was like, I mean, let's just face it. Since he came back from that injury, he just feels like a different player to me. Like it feels like, I don't know. Like George Hill is kind of one of those conundrum players. Like those those. Uh, you know, like if you look back at his career, I mean, it's dominated mainly by his time in Indiana with those really good uh, 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 Pacers, Pacers teams. Yeah. With there you go. no, I'm trying to remember the coach yeah. who is oh, not uh, coach. You no, know, uh, I used to love Vogel. Scott Vogel. Scott I was a Vogel leader. Frank Vogel. 
Frank Vogel. Frank Vogel. I was a hashtag Vogeliever for a long time. So yeah, I um, wanted him as the Bucks coach. I thought that the Bucks should fire Kid early and uh, hire Frank Vogel, and then Frank Vogel went to the Magic, and the Magic didn't improve very much. And he uh, he's not the coach in of the some Magic. ways. Yeah, well, is he still coaching? We're getting really off track. I'm. Sorry. He's probably an assistant somewhere, but okay. I mean, he. Was, but anyways, not to get George too far Hill. off. 40% yeah, from Hill. three in the playoffs. Okay, there you go, yeah. Uh, Entering 40%. today's game. So yes. it's going to drop a little bit after he went yeah. one for three. But good. Um, yeah. 64 and the fact that, like, true shooting. Bledsoe, Bledsoe recovered late, but he was kind of having a dud of a game to start with. Yes. And he's had some games where he sort of struggled with turnovers and stuff like that. So to be able to mm-hmm. take him off ball for a little bit. Um <sighs> Uh, let's move on to Eric Bledsoe. Those blocks okay. he had today, they're wow. so huge. Like wow. they're just so impressive and they're deflating. Um, and I, I really think that um, atmosphere played into this one so much. Uh, I think that the Celtics had an opportunity to come out here and put their foot on the buck snacks and just sort of stomp the life out of us and take a two, two lead back into Milwaukee and make the bucks win game five and game seven at home. Instead, they let the Bucks hang around for a bit. They got off to, I don't know what their largest lead was. Was it 10 or 12? Um, that sounds about right. Yeah, so the Celtics were up 10 or 12 at one point, and uh, they let the Bucks get First back. First quarter was real rough. They let the Bucks hang quarter. around, and it's like, yeah, the Bucks aren't going to miss these wide-open threes forever. You're going to have to give them more effort on defense. And the Bucks cranked up the intensity in the second half, and they were able to just sort of locked down on defense. So even when they weren't hitting shots, they were right there. And then Giannis picks up his fourth foul and the Bucks are able to just power sort of through it with a bench unit. And it's like, you have to take advantage of these minutes when Giannis and Chris aren't on the court. If you don't do that, you're not going to win a playoff series against this Milwaukee Bucks team. Long story short, they did not. And they were pretty bad. Yeah. It's, I mean, the ebbs and flows of that game were, uh, were certainly kind of, I mean, they were they were pretty interesting. You had you had what was sort of a disastrous first quarter for both teams in a way. Uh, I, I don't know. Like it was weird. Like the Celtics handily beat us in that quarter, but they looked pretty bad too. Like the Bucks weren't playing defense. The Celtics. I, <laughs> I don't know. It, it was it was going their way for a while. Second quarter comes around. We win that quarter, I think, 25-19. The game's much closer. Uh, we're, we're down to going into halftime. Again, for w- what feels like the umpteenth game in this playoff, like where we're down at halftime. <laughs> it's like it's getting to the point where like at halftime, I'm like, as long as it's close, it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, it's it's were weird. You even, were you even a little concerned? Uh, I really wasn't, and yeah. but I feel like that's weird, though. When, I feel like it, I should be. We had a lead <laughs> shortly before halftime, and I was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna feel pretty good about this." And then we're down two, and I'm like, feeling really good about this. Yeah. You know, Giannis picking up his third foul was the, the only thing that sort of gives you pause. And yeah, uh, well, well, with Bledsoe at three, uh, Chris at three, I think, and Hill at three, I was concerned to be honest yeah. with you. So. Foul trouble sort of seemed like it was going to play a role. And, you know, I com- I commended Bucks fans on not being ref blamers. And then 
Uh, I I ref blamed, and then Hello. the game gets off to a little bit of a bad start, and everything did, starts falling it. down, and the everybody's like, the Bucks are not going to win this game. They're playing five on eight, and I'm like, eh, let's give it a little bit of time. Um, you know, the refs are going to make some bad calls on an indi- like individual refs are swayed by comments like that. Not every ref will be. But individual refs can be swayed, and but at the end of the day, the refs are still going to do their best to make the right calls because they're professionals too. Wait, wait, hold on. You're saying that you're saying it's not a conspiracy, and there's they actually, didn't want the series to go two two. Wait, there's, what? There's actually no conspiracies. Uh, Excuse me. What? Whoa! I don't know. I don't know if we should continue this podcast, Al. I'm not uh, sure. Let me say this. Do you think any other series is going to end in five games? Um, well, you see, so you're assuming I, I, that I think the gonna... Warriors are the only ones that have a chance, I guess. I, I'm still not sleeping on the Raptors, dude. So, well, they, well, they can't end it in five games. Wait, oh, oh, I thought I, I thought you were speaking in perspective, like the Bucks going to like, uh, yeah. like further can, future opponents. We can talk okay. about we can talk about that in a sec. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about Kyrie Irving for a second. Okay. Um, everybody after game two was like, Kyrie Irving's never going to play that bad again. Kyrie Irving oh. after game three, I'm never going to play this bad again. Kyrie Irving in game four, horrible. Yeah, let's let's go. <laughs> forty four minutes, by the way, forty four minutes. Oh, gosh. Seven for 22 from the field. One for seven from three. Uh, what else do we got? He did score more Four points. Turnovers. <laughs> Four turnovers. Four uh, turnovers. He did have 10 assists. That's actually kind of surprising. Um, uh, five falls, but he was the only uh, uh, starter with a negative plus minus, negative six. So. I got Horford he was bad. and Brown negative two. Oh, you do. Oh, oh yeah, you're right. I, wow. Okay, they're both ne- negative fourteen, negative thirteen. I'm sorry. I thought those were plus signs. That, that would be pretty impressive if Al Horford was plus fourteen in a the game they lost by twelve. Yes. Uh, yeah. Um, but he was bad. No, he wasn't good. Um, the thing about the Celtics is they have a lot of guys who think they can shoot. They do not have a lot of guys who can shoot. Uh, uh, Marcus Morris, one for four. Jason Tatum, one for five. Kyrie Irving, one for seven. Jalen Brown, two for five. Uh, Gordon Hayward, 0 for two. Marcus Smart, one for seven from three. Uh, remember when Marcus Smart coming back was their secret weapon? <laughs> oh, man. The, the problem with Marcus Smart and Terry Rozier is that they think that they can shoot the basketball. <laughs> and they can't. And they can at all. And that's really unfortunate for them. Terry Rozier had some truly like mind numbing plays. Um, Smart kept passing on uh, open like threes. He would pump fake. And I just like, I like sort of shook my head. I face palmed. I was like, I was like, man, ugh. like e- even as like, I guess that's like the inner basketball fan in me. Like, come on Celtics. Like, what are you doing? What is you doing? Like, Rozier's bad. They got up 41 attempts from three. Uh, they shot 22%. The Bucks shot 21.6% from three. It was not a three-point shooting game. No. But do you know what the Bucks do really well, Bill? 
uh, get to the rim. Yep, they scored sixty-six points in the paint. So, uh, is this the first game that they've that they've really sort of overcome their? I haven't looked at the points in the paint totals for uh, game three and game two, but I know game one was a disaster, and I and I no, remember the, the Bucks won the battle by twenty-eight in game three, fifty-two okay. to twenty-four. And, so it was just game two where it was a concern, and they still won. Like, yeah, in game okay. two, it was a two-point loss, but then they, they lost it pretty handily in game one. But game one was – a lot of things went wrong in game one. The Bucks didn't play up to their opponents at all. They played down a lot. But oh, yeah. um, So let's honestly go to Twitter. We actually got a couple of questions. We're pretty excited about it. Hey, so we got a couple from Nick Herring. Uh, Nick Herring's been following me forever. He's a really nice guy. Uh, so shout out to him. Uh, he asked, uh, what do you expect for game five? Uh, I'll start with that one. Um, I think that the Bucks are going to handily win game five. I, I just, I don't know. I think, the, I, I, I think the Celtics come out and lay an egg. I think yeah. that uh, there's going to be some locker room talk tomorrow. And oh. I think Kyrie Irving uh, is done. I think we've seen him play his last game in TD Garden as a Celtic. Um, the lights aren't for him. I shouldn't say the lights at Boston because he might end up in New York I don't or think LA he, next year. I don't think but, he's ever going to do extremely well as the primary star on a team. No. So, um, I wouldn't be ever. surprised if he's playing with Kevin Durant or LeBron James next year. Yeah. That's and maybe it's bad that in his fourth year in the league he got to play with the best player in the league. Uh maybe that's the problem, but he's not ready for it. And I at this point in his career, I don't know if he'll ever be ready for it. It's too much pressure on him and even with Al Horford's help, he hasn't been able to really get gone. And uh in theory the Celtics are a good team. On paper they're a great team. They always um, have been. So how about uh Another question from Nick: uh, Will Bud play the bench this deep in the upcoming rounds? It's it. That's I, I can firmly say that I don't think that that's going to change much. I don't. I, I think that you know, gosh, there's there's so much to unload with these questions. But we did see a start. Like when we were last time we podcasted, we were talking about we we were kind of wrong. So let's straight up talk about that. Which was you know like will Bud make a lot of changes in game two? He did. He did. He changed around the starting lineup and they started switching pretty heavily. Um, we were wrong about that. He, he of course, didn't say that he was going to because he's not an idiot, <laughs> um, but they made some changes. So will they continue to make changes? I don't know. I think Bud is Bud really has really impressed me with his coaching with like his adjustments in this round, by the way. Um, I think he's pretty... I can't really definitively predict his behavior at this point. I, I think that um, we're going to continue to see like Urson and Pat, no matter how poorly they sometimes play. Not that I mean Pat was good today, and so is Urson. But Pat's um, second on the team in rebounds with ten. Somehow he's yeah. had two double-digit rebound games off the bench. Third in minutes played tonight. Uh, uh, his his minutes are just weird. Um, one thing I'd like to note. I wouldn't be shocked if Malcolm Brogdon gets the Sterling Brown minutes and they sort of uh, 
granted that was only nine minutes tonight i honestly think that a nine-man rotation is perfect for the playoffs most nights so i wouldn't honestly expect anything different um but let's let's transition to brogdon because that's what nick's other two questions are about will brogdon come back for game five and how does he fit in the rotation when he comes back i don't think brogdon is coming back till next round and i think he's gonna be sort of like the the way people were saying that they were gonna work him back the way they did Miritich, I just I don't know I don't know what they're gonna do with Brogdon. I I think I think they worry about upsetting like in game chemistry, which I I don't know. Then when I say that, I doubt myself too though. I I I don't think we're seeing him for the rest of the series. Al, I think it'll be next series. He'll be coming off the bench. He's not gonna start for the rest of the this season, but. I think there's a chance we see him come off the bench as sort of like that, like the Sterling Brown role. Maybe he gets like 10 minutes. They just see what he looks like. They give him a chance to show that he's not a complete turd on the court like that, because you can't afford to, you can't afford to fuck around with that. At this yeah, but point. you can give him a three minute stint and see how it goes. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. It's like Sterling had nine minutes tonight. They were good. And I don't bad. know if he would have had nine minutes if Chris and, uh, Eric, yeah, such big foul trouble. Uh, exactly. Uh, yeah. But yeah. So we got a question from uh, Stephen Anderson at s underscore McAnderson, um, and he just said blood show. Um, so let's talk <laughs> about that for a sec. Um, we t- we talked about how he got off to a bit of a slow start, but at the end, when he when he's getting by his guy, you can't stop him, and his defense. Um, even when he's not on ball, his help defense can be really impactful. Um, yes, his, his he, a lot of that tonight have gotten a lot smarter, and I think that's uh-huh. key. Mm-hmm. It, with with Blood Bledsoe, I've sort of continued to be disappointed in him in this series, even in this game. Um, he had like like you said, he had those great blocks. He had great off ball defense. He 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 was poking the he poked the ball out a couple times. Um, but, you know, his minutes have consistently sort of bewildered me for the guy that they just threw a big $17 million a year, you know, four-year extension at. Um, Fourth-year team option. Yeah, fourth-year team option, correct. Which might is, be non-guaranteed. That doesn't I, matter. Yeah. Same, same principle. Um, but, you know, his minutes have... Uh, Again, 28 minutes tonight. I, I believe in game three, George Hill played two more minutes than Bledsoe. Like, Bledsoe has handily outplayed Bledsoe. Or, uh, Hill has George handily Hill. outplayed Bledsoe. Yes, yes. Um, Bledsoe, I don't know. Bledsoe's sort of a conundrum because I've always been kind of a huge fan of him this season, but his he's really got to play better than this. Like, he's got to be more impactful. He, when he gets to the rim, like, there's there's just got to be more there from a guy that we just committed to for at least three three more years there's got to be more and you got like the the minutes like fact pat Connaughton is also consistently played more minutes than him like that's that's weird to me that they're committing to this uh, to this player and they don't even feel safe with him being like firmly third in minutes like behind like Giannis and chris I, i don't I don't know with Bledsoe. Like I love him, but and I I think Stephen wanted us to say some more positive things, and I'm sorry for that, Stephen. <laughs> yeah, sorry, Stephen. So I'm, I'm yeah. We actually had a uh, a few more questions come in. Um, is George Hill the second greatest buck of all time after Giannis? Um, I'm gonna have to say no. Uh, we we've talked at length about George Hill and how fantastic he's been. 
but uh on a serious note no obviously that's bad (laughs) uh and then uh that was from Milwaukee Matt M- at MKE Matt 13. Uh, and then we got a question from Ryan Dietrich uh, at Dietrich Ryan on Twitter. Uh, is the series over? As in, will the Bucks complete the gentleman's sweep? We both think they will win game five pretty easily. Um, yeah. Teams have come back from down 3 1 before. Uh, I do not think this Celtics team is that team. They would have to come into the five serve forum where the Bucks have been close to unbeatable all year, even though the Celtics have won there already this round. I don't anticipate them doing it again. Um, yeah, wh- what I what I have learned this year uh, from Bucks basketball after after that uh, Sunday noon loss, by the way, um, is that the one thing I can firmly say is that if the Bucks have another game where they play uh, like a noon start on like a Sunday, <laughs> maybe I maybe I will just say they're going to straight up lose because uh, they've firmly shown that they're the better team in the rest of these games. So I'm not really worried. And then we got one last question from AJS at Applander. Uh, I've, I've followed AJS forever. I've had so many conversations with him over Twitter. He's a Marquette fan, but he's a really good guy. Um, <laughs> he said, he said, who would you rather see in the next round? So he's counting his chickens before they hatch. But I feel like we are too. Um, are you sort a superstitious guy at all? Uh, sometimes I don't. I don't know. I'm, I, I'm, a, I'm the wrong guy to answer that question. <laughs> I don't believe in jinxes at all. Like I can say that Giannis made a hundred free throws in a row, and if he misses the next one, I'll say he was due. It's Wait, you're crazy. saying that you and I, these human beings sitting behind their fucking computers right now and talking to each other about the game of basketball, are not affecting what's actually happening on court? I know, as crazy as that sounds, and as big of an ego as I have, I do not believe that I impact NBA basketball. <laughs> yeah, you underestimate yourself. Okay. Clearly. So, uh, I would rather face Philly. I think that Philly's a worse team. I think they yeah. have very little depth, and Embiid eats the same food that I do, which is horrible for you. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> Oh, that was good. So I do not anticipate him being it's, able to maintain his effectiveness into the third round. The the con, the the most interesting conversation I had this week on Twitter about the Bucks, which is admittedly today's Monday, so it's been two days. Uh, I had a conversation with uh, Ben Rauman and um, Last Firstism, who's back on Twitter. He's a great great follow. You guys should all follow him. Um, I love Ben too. While we're talking about it, Ben's my yes. favorite. Yeah, Ben's great. Ben's another off tonight, and we're going to try and catch a game, by the way. Oh, that's terrific. Um, yeah. Um, anyways, we were talking about, you know, like, who's the biggest challenge to the Bucks leading to the finals? And they were, you know, they were all kind of, it was also Mike Suzik, but they were all sort of descending on the Celtics. And I, I just, because the Celtics, like, Part, partly because of the way kind of they run their offense and the matchups that they have. But also part of it is still that preseason expectation thing. It's still, I can still see it when people talk about the Celtics. They still get scared of what is on paper a fantastic team that has yet to come together. And we've seen it in this series. We've seen it basically all series, even in game one. Like, I, I, it's still the Raptors, guys. 
it's the Raptors are still the toughest opponent. Like I'm still convinced of that. They are the only team besides the Bucks that have run a consistent system. They've had decent chemistry. They have good players named Kawhi Leonard and Kyle Lowry. I I know he's had his struggles, but he's still Kyle Lowry. And they have the emergence of Pascal Siakam, who I don't think anybody on the Bucks can theoretically like stop very well, including Giannis. Um, the that's the team I'm scared of. And the Sixers, people worry about the Sixers so much because of those big names that they have. Embiid, Simmons, like Redick, Harris. Oh my gosh, Harris, what a bad trade. But I'm just like, I'm just, it's the Raptors still. I I really think that it's the Raptors. I don't know. I just want to say succinctly, um, you're wrong. (sighs) I know you think that you the think Celtics are just preseason expectations. The Celtics were the toughest team for the Bucks to beat in the East. Um, the Celtics have a dynamic pull-up threat that can kill the Bucks in their pick-and-roll coverage. The Bucks are just going to go back to their basic pick-and-roll coverage next round, and it shouldn't be a problem. Kyle Lowry's not going to kill them on that. Uh, no. Danny Green's not going to kill them on that. And they're going to have Chris Middleton guarding Kawhi Leonard. And Chris is an adequate defender. He's going to make Kawhi work a lot harder than either Ben Simmons or whoever is on him right now. Uh, Yeah, so Kawhi matter. So Kawhi's due for regression, and the Sixers have done a horrible job on him. Um, Kawhi's not playing the same level of defense that he was earlier in his career. He's, uh, I believe, entering Game Four, opponents were shooting sixty-seven percent when. Kawhi was their primary defender. Conversely, Kawhi is shooting like 100% when anybody's his primary defender. But they don't have that pick-and-pop big. The Marcus Gasol is afraid to take threes. Doesn't scare me at all. He's slow. He's not Al Horford. Um, Al Horford swallows up Giannis at times. They've done a really good job of getting somebody else on Giannis so that Giannis doesn't have to beat Al Horford. Which is good. That's just good coaching. That's good yes. basketball that he knows how to use screens and get a different guy switched on to him too mm-hmm. um philly doesn't scare me at all i mm-hmm. uh, my my take since the bucks started the Celtics series has been if the bucks beat the celtics they're going to the nba finals oh yeah i'm not like i'm not like worried i, the, I just I'm think just that saying, i'm just saying i think it's going to be even easier and it's been pretty easy so so you think okay let's say the bucks win next game you think they're going to take the Raptors in like four? You think it's going to be straight? No, I don't think okay. they're going to take them in four. They might take them in five, but it'll be an easier okay. five. Not all five-game okay. series are created equal. You're, you're right. And they The Bucks have had to go through adjustments, but those adjustments, I mean, I don't think they've been like totally profound. Um, I think those adjustments help prepare them for the Warriors because um, Steph's a bigger threat than Kyrie is. Um what they're going to have to do against Kawhi Leonard is similar to Kevin Durant. Um, Chris is going to have his work cut out for him the next two rounds mm-hmm. as he guards uh, two of the top five small forwards in the league. Um, I don't know. I, like, I don't really know. It, the Bucks probably won't beat the Warriors, but it'll be fun. Yeah. Uh, we, we are definitely getting ahead of ourselves a little bit but <laughs> with this. We just uh, got to make sure that yeah. we trash talk Durant as much as possible so he leaves uh-huh. and then the Bucks win the title next year. Not that Kevin Durant's the only thing standing in their way, but if he wasn't on the Warriors, we can beat any other team in the West. I don't even know if the Warriors make the finals. And I Yeah, they probably still make the finals. I don't know. Do you think they can get back to as it's, good as they were? 
it's like I are you are you talking like pre Durant Warriors? Yeah. Oh, I, uh, I don't no, team again. no, they're too old. I think for that now. I think that time has passed. Steph's not that old. No, but, it, but as a collectively as a team, there's well, just the a lot more years. They just don't have belt. anybody on their bench anymore. Like Harrison yeah. Barnes was really good for them. I know he like cost them that. Yeah ring against LeBron and gave the 3-1 lead almost entirely him. Like, it was almost entirely him that played that badly <laughs> and pricked all those open threes. But, like, I don't know. So we're a little off topic, but we let's are. just say we that we care. like the Bucks matchups in the next round, no matter who they play. Um, let's talk about Giannis to close it out, because we haven't really captured on how great he was. He was 15 for 22 tonight. He's shooting 67% against the field. Um, I had a tweet earlier this week didn't quite do the numbers i wanted it to do i said that brad stevens is a horrible basketball coach and he should just make Giannis shoot and i tweeted out a shot chart the same shot chart that ryan hollins tweeted out to criticize him um i think that's funny i actually think that's heckin hilarious and i was disappointed that my followers did not agree with me um <laughs> and i would like to say to all of them do better <laughs> um, and I was like to say to Brad Stevens, do better. Um, this this is just June's followers, by the way. This is not Buck the World listeners. Uh, you guys are great. Uh, the few of you there are, so we're not gonna we're not gonna <laughs> criticize you quite yet. Um, that was all sarcastic. Well, kind of. Um, <laughs> you can't just make Giannis shoot. I don't know why people thought they could say that on Twitter all year and that it would happen in the playoffs. It's never happened in the playoffs. The Celtics so didn't even play them that, him that way, though. They they Horford huddled him on the perimeter, so like they weren't trying to force him to shoot necessarily. They were just trying to make him uncomfortable. And and he's consistently gotten better every single game he's played against them in this series. Game one was bad. Game two is better. Game three was better. Game four he was even better like it you know there's he, he can't be stopped like he it's there were in the fourth quarter he essentially just took over the the celtics were within you know 10 they knocked it back down to seven at times like the, if the celtics really wanted this because they put themselves in a huge hole you made that you made the foot on the throat metaphor uh, which I didn't think made sense from their side. I think it makes more sense from us. This was our chance to put our 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 feet or the Bucks' feet on their throats, and they did it. But the Celtics should have been scrappy. They should have been like, let's let's do an Avengers like metaphor. They should have been like freaking Captain America uh, cor cornered before he gets the super serum in uh, Captain America: The First Avenger. You know, they should have been cornered and ready to fight. And uh, they, they didn't like the. I, I don't know. They they rolled I over tonight. I I think that they were really feisty in the first half, but they rolled over at the end. I think. I mean, part of that is Giannis is amazing, but the bench mob is what won us this game. I mean, all you have to do is look at the plus minuses to see that. Um, it's Nicole like if, uh, it's one. Like you're running track, yeah. and you know that Giannis is your anchor. They just had to get the baton to Giannis and let him go to work. They just had to keep yeah. the deficit close enough. And it turns out they handed him a lead. And yeah. when your anchor's the fastest guy on your team and you hand him a lead, it's game over. That's that's a good metaphor. That's yeah. good. That's, that's just, good, Al. That's just good podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> now this is podcasting. 
Um, that, that was actually, a terrible prequel no, joke, that, but that would actually be a pretty good logo. <laughs> <laughs> it's just no. uh, it's Giannis with the goggles on it. It's it no, podcast. No, you know, no, that, no, this is no, podcast. <laughs> All right, all right, all right, uh, listener with uh, Adobe <laughs> Photoshop skills, get on it. <laughs> um, yeah, man. what else is there to say? Uh, I think we covered it. I think yeah. we properly basked I... in the light that is game four and the Bucks' yeah. dominance. We previewed game five. Um, uh, even if the Celtics win game five, the Bucks probably win game six. And if they don't win game six, they definitely win game seven. Like I can't, I can't even imagine there being a game six. It would be epic right if it went to seven, like the Celtics would listen to this podcast. They'd be like, fuck you, Bill and Al, you assholes. And they turn on the jets. Like that'd be crazy. But uh, Kyrie, if you're listening, stop complaining about the refs. Oh, <laughs> you're not yeah. a genius and the earth is round. <laughs> <laughs> I, <laughs> um, we okay, I do want to talk about the whole refs narrative that's like pervasively gone back and forth on Twitter. I do want to talk about that a little bit. Don't um, want to with that. It is not gone back and forth. Well, no, 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 no. Like, first of all, game one, uh, Horford, the the vet savvy that he employed. Uh, you know, bumping and, and being handsy with Giannis worked and it worked pretty well. And he's done it. He's the Celtics as a whole team have sort of continued to do that sort of handsiness throughout the series uh, at times getting more foul calls than others. The Celtics have, and the, the Celtics players, the team and their fans have whined collectively, incredibly loudly. Um, Bucks fans have, have been at times upset, but the team itself has maintained, you know, like they're calm. And Bud doesn't get mad at the refs. He might get mad about one individual call, but for an NBA coach, he really doesn't criticize the refs. Like, no, it. I and I thought I thought at times like he should. It have might been, be to a fault. It honestly might be to a fault. Like I think he should criticize them more. I think yes. he feel the same way. But yeah. Uh, if I have one beef with NBA officials, and this might be the way the rule's written, when you put your hands on a guy's shoulders as he's trying to go for a layup, that's a flight about, to me. You're talking about... Oh, oh, okay. I thought you were talking... Okay, because there are two scenarios where that happened in this game. There was the Horford pulling him down to just stop the layup, and then Giannis missed both free throws, so that worked out. That's what you're talking about, right? Yeah. On yeah. That, drive, that transition drive. Issue with. The... The other one was Lopez uh, had his had his arm on Kyrie's shoulder, and like sort of he didn't like lean on him. He just sort of used that collectively to move to the rim to get the block. He got called for a foul either way, um, but but that definitely wasn't like the sort of flagrant scenario that I'm sure you're talking about. Uh, no, so. I'm talking about when you're behind a guy and you don't make a play on the ball, you just grab his shoulders and hold him down. Like that's a flagrant to me. Yeah. If you're not making a play on the ball and you're just putting two hands on somebody and holding them down, that's flagrant to me. I don't understand if the rule's not written that way or why it's not even discussed about, but like it's, I don't know. It's gotta be something like people are going to get seriously hurt if you don't let them like, I don't know. That's that's a beef I have, and I don't I don't necessarily think it's with the refs. I think it honestly is a poorly written rule, because it should be black and white. 
to me. Yeah, because somebody could get hurt, but unfortunately, it's not. I agree with you, but unfortunately, it probably won't change until somebody actually does get hurt on a on a play like that. So, like a notable in, injury in the playoffs or something. But. Um, I'd be willing to sign a ten day <laughs> NBA contract, and somebody can do that to me on my breakaway dunk. <laughs> and, um, oh, Al, you're. I, I'm gonna sue the so NBA. B- for their rules, uh, and oh, I will you take are so my cash brave. settlement. <laughs> You're so brave taking taking your vet minimum ten day contract. Was that like seven hundred thousand dollars or something? I, I think it's like seventy thousand. No, it's got. Oh, be is it? It's, it's. I don't know. But either way, it's you're like, brave. It's like three game checks, and the minimum is like two point one million. So, um, we're doing the math. We're doing the math. We're doing the math. I'm not doing, doing the math. math. You're, it's no. like a hundred fifty thousand dollars. I would take. Okay, it. you're. That's you're so brave. Days. Wow, brave. Ten ten days of labor for hundred fifty thousand. <laughs> you're so brave. Yeah, um, well, I'd probably die. So. <laughs> I can't uh, imagine having to practice with Giannis. Those guys in the T-Mobile commercial are way more cut than I am. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I did not think that this would be like our uh, our funniest podcast. Yeah, uh, most joke. I was really feeling myself after this win, so I was pretty confident about it. But uh, <laughs> I think we're good. I think we covered everything that I want to cover. Is there anything else you want to talk about? Um. Not really. I guess I want Chris to return to playoff Chris form next game. He's, he was kind of kind of bad this game. So for on offense at least. So. Jeez. Oh, yeah, the two of ten from three kind of hurts. Um, Four for nineteen from the field, my dude. <laughs> That's pretty bad. Uh, he had seven assists though, and he had some freaking great passes in this game. By the way, he he he's definitely had some really great passes lately. Um, he might be, he's definitely probably he, in the playoffs. He's by far the most prolific passer on the bucks. Would you disagree? Chris? Yeah, yeah. probably. Yeah. I, I can't really have beef with that. Um, yeah. yeah, that's fair. Uh, we can talk more about that in a future pod though. Cause I think the playmaking is going to change so much from round to round based on matchups and the mm-hmm. bucks sort of are set up to have a lot of different playmaking. Well, I think we covered it. Like we, I mean, Pat Con, he was he was good today. I, you apologized on Twitter. I apologized on Twitter. I'm sorry uh, for everything. I'm not gonna apologize for sort of being critical to Pat Con recently to the point of being uh, attacked by a few Pat Con uh, Pat Con super fans on Twitter, uh, which was odd. That was the first time I got. Uh, attacked pretty vehemently on Twitter. Um, I do not take back my comments about PatCon. I still maintain that he is a excellent value contract, uh, but he is immensely frustrating at times. And it's still odd to me that he gets played 32 minutes a night, but he was excellent tonight. Um, he, I don't really care that much about how much he rebounds. I'll be honest with you folks. He's a guard. It's sweet that he gets 10 rebounds. Uh, he still has... Defensive blunders, he had them in this game even, but then all of a sudden he'll have a great play here and there. Uh, he's frustrating, but he's certainly worth his contract. And I think that's all that can be said about Pat Connaughton. I don't have anything to add. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've said I it all. 
I've let my yeah. takes speak for themselves. Yeah, this is true. Um, all right, I think that's going to do it. We didn't. Did we get any more questions in, or is that it? Nope, we're good. All right, sweet. Well, uh, thank you for listening, everyone. This has been another edition of Buck the World podcast uh, for Al and myself. Uh, we will see you next time.